Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter with a new Twitter handle at TDC underscore Calvin, the Dynasty Consultant Calvin. And the reason behind that is because I'm no longer with DFF, so I kind of changed my Twitter handle just to give you guys a heads up if you are looking for me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me over on Instagram at the Dynasty Consultant or on the Dynasty After Dark Facebook page where if you guys want any trade advice or any pick information, feel free to hit me up on any of those platforms and just let me know your thoughts and questions, and I'd love to help you guys out. But today I'm excited because I'm going to be bringing you an example of a real-life draft, and a lot of these mock drafts are not realistic because they don't really uh, simulate real life, you know what I mean? You know everyone has a home draft that is a little different than what these mock drafts do not everybody goes by adp there's times where kickers go in the first round you know so i want to give you guys an example of a real life draft and i'm going to be doing my home league my oldest league this year and this league is a 10 team ppr league with one quarterback two running back two wide receivers one tight end one kicker one defense and six bench spots so it's a total of 16 players, and this league is kind of interesting because it was a originally an 18-team league, and we have since gone to a 10-team, and we were a 12-team for a little while, and I think even one year a 14-team league, but this year, due to all the extemporaneous circumstances that are going on in the world we had to cut it down to a 10 team league again and the funny thing is i'm the uranium 10 team champion in this league so i'm hoping to go back to back 10 team champion <laughs> in my home league so we'll see how it goes with this draft that we're about to start off here um, i'm really kind of excited because 10 team is always different because it makes the draft a lot deeper than a 12-team, and it's pretty obvious why you have two less teams taking players, but it just really puts a more heavy reliance on some of those one-off positions to get an edge in, like quarterback and tight end, and even kicker, if you can get a good kicker. I know kicker's kind of a shot in the dark, though, but um, the quarterbacks and the tight ends are a lot more valuable if you can get one of those top three guys, just because they do give you an edge where everything is deeper, you know, and your skill positions are going to really set you apart. So we're going to kick off the draft here, and it just started uh, a couple seconds ago. And one thing I will say, you guys are not going to see the actual draft. You're going to be seeing this on YouTube potentially, and the YouTube is going to be a re recreation of the draft because the actual draft is not done on Sleeper, on ESPN, anything like that. It's done offline with uh, my commissioner who he keeps track of all the different picks. We send them in to him and then he just marks them all down and he'll up he'll update the ESPN later. So uh, that's the biggest thing is this will be a recreation that you're watching if you are seeing this on YouTube. By the way, by the time you are listening to this, if you're listening to the normal podcast, there should be a YouTube channel. So uh, just a heads up, but um, the sleeper that you're watching is a recreation just to let you guys kind of visualize the draft board as we're going through it. So 
pretty standard first couple picks here. We had Christian McCaffrey going number one overall, followed by Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the number four pick is taking a little bit longer, and that leads me to my first pick. And I'm picking from the five spot this year, so I'm not super thrilled by this spot because it's not the best, but it's also not the worst spot you could ask for. Uh, with this pick, I'm going to be looking at either Kamara, Dalvin Cook, or Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Really looking at a running back here. I think the wide receiver are so deep this year that it, I really don't need to focus on a wide receiver. So really looking at the three running backs and Kamara just went. So that leaves me with Dalvin Cook or Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And the biggest thing with Dalvin Cook, both of these guys are going to be workhorses this year. The downsides on Dalvin Cook are he does have a little bit of an injury history in the past and I would, if I do take Dalvin Cook, would really feel obligated to take Alexander Madison later in the draft, and I really don't like taking two players for one slot if I can avoid it, but the downside on Clyde Edwards-Alaire is he's a rookie, and we haven't seen it on the field yet. Um, everything coming out of camp so far is that Clyde is doing very well but it does free up a potential roster spot down the road. So I think I'm actually going to lead Clyde Edwards-Alaire here. Um, I'm really liking the camp reports that I'm hearing, and it does give me a solid running back option to look at here with my first pick. In a PPR league, I think Clyde's going to be just fine. So I went Clyde Edwards-Alaire here with this pick, and of course Dalvin Cook goes right after that. The, the funny thing is, Team 6 here is actually a huge Minnesota Vikings fan, so him getting Dalvin Cook is a wet dream for him, so not a big surprise there. Joe Mixon goes right after that, Derrick Henry. We're seeing a pretty big standard run on running backs so far that I've kind of come to expect in a lot of these leagues. And, okay, Michael Thomas goes at 9 overall. Now, that's pretty good value on Michael Thomas. Not a big surprise to go there. Um, it kind of puts an end to that running back position run, but uh, Thomas at nine, have no problem with that. And we're now on the turn, and he's kind of thinking it over. We'll see where he goes. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes a running back and a receiver, but okay, so Devontae Adams is the first pick here on the turn, and the second pick is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. So double wide receiver on the turn. I don't know if I like that too much in 2020. Um, double wide receiver is a little risky just because the running back class is so deep or is so shallow, I, I mean, and the wide receivers are so deep this year that I don't know if you need to take those guys. And there's a lot of red flags around DeAndre Hopkins, but... Uh, it's not my favorite, but we'll see if that kind of pays off. Uh, Miles Sanders goes right after that. Tyreek Hill. Now, what is going to happen here? You can see a lot of these guys are starting to take wide receivers pretty heavily with these last couple picks. Um, with my next pick coming up, I'm going to be looking at running back again because I really like the running backs that are still available. You got Austin Eckler, uh, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, even Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb. It's a few guys that I really like here, and I think I'm guaranteed one of them at least. So we'll see who goes. Um, my preference would be probably Eckler, 
but Jacobs and Drake are pretty close in my book. Uh, from the wide receiver, if I were to look at that, it would be Julio Jones for sure. He's my number one option still on the board. I don't I might consider tight end here, actually, with Travis Kelsey if he does make it back to me. Like I said, those positional advantages could really go a long way um, in a 10-team league. I'm definitely not looking quarterback, though, not this early. I'm I'm okay passing on Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Not a big deal to me. So, okay, so Eckler was the pick, and it was followed up by Travis Kelsey. So... That is a pretty big shocker. I didn't think this team would go Travis Kelsey, so that's a bit of a shock to me. Um, Austin Eckler going as well. That's not too big of a shock. Mixing Eckler, doubling up on the running back position. Um, with my pick, like I said, I'm looking at either Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, or Julio with this next pick. I think Julio is very, very good, but there's just so many wide receivers here. I mean, you still got Godwin, Cooper, uh, Galladay, even Allen Robinson, Woods, uh, Cooper Cup. It's just so deep. Even Odell. I've been getting Odell in a lot of leagues lately in the fifth round. And so I think I'm going to lean Josh Jacobs. And this is tough for me because if you guys have been following me this offseason, I am not a big Josh Jacobs fan. Um, I think that the passing work is going to be very limited for him this year, but everyone thinks this, everyone seems to think that I'm going to be wrong on this and that he's going to get a ton of targets. So I'm going to hedge my bets a little bit here and just take the chance on him getting an increase in those targets because I really think that it balances my team a little bit more with the Clyde Edwards-Alaire pick because now I have a really run-heavy player in Josh Jacobs and a pass catching heavy player in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So it kind of gives me a little bit of yin to my yang here at running back. And I'm really liking the way that my running backs are looking right now. So Patrick Mahomes was the pick after me. Um, Chris Godwin went after that. And we're waiting here on this next couple picks. We're right at the turn here. So um, one thing I do want to look at, and if Julio does seem to make it back to me, Godwin went off the board ahead of Julio. I think that's a little bit of a mistake, but if Julio makes it back, I'm definitely going to be looking his way when it makes it back to me. I don't think I want to take Kittle here. Uh, it seems too big of a reach. Maybe if I can look for like an Ertz, maybe in round five, I would love that. I'd be super thrilled with that. Um, Ertz seems to be falling down draft boards a little bit more this year. So uh, Julio Jones just went at the 11 spot here and followed by Kenyon Drake and Mike Evans on the turn. Man, that's a pretty good pick with the Drake. I was hoping he might make it back to me. Um, followed up by Nick Chubb. Okay, so you can see both of these guys have now doubled up on running back and gotten a wide receiver. There's still one running back available that I really kind of like here. Uh, Aaron Jones is the guy that I'm thinking of with my next pick. If I can get Aaron Jones and just go three running backs here, I'd be pretty happy. But Amari Cooper and Kenny Galladay are pretty exciting as well. Uh, Amari Cooper, like I mentioned in my NFC South breakdown, people are very tired of Amari Cooper and the disappointing weeks that he's kind of put out so far in his career and um, 
I don't really want to rely on that as my wide receiver one, but the talent and the value are definitely there. So we'll see. So Adam Thielen went, and this pick is a little bit slower, and it is Amari Cooper. Okay, so that leaves me my choice of Kenny Galladay. Uh, Robert Woods is very interesting. Uh, Cooper Cup is pretty interesting here. Allen Robinson. I'd be happy with all of those guys as my wide receiver one. Uh, looking at the draft board, a lot of running backs off. Teams do need wide receivers, but DJ Moore, Odell Beckham, there's just so many guys left here that I'm actually okay punting on the wide receiver one more round. I think I'm going to lock up Aaron Jones, just go triple running back here, lock up that position, have three studs. With it being two running backs and a flex, this just gives me such a solid try cast of um, running backs here that I don't really have to worry about. So Aaron Jones is the pick, and Chris Carson went right after that. And George Kittle goes at the eight spot here or the seven spot sorry here in the draft and that's not a big surprise this team seven is somebody that I talk to quite a bit about fantasy football and he's been doing a lot of mocks where he's taking tight end early I'm surprised he didn't take Kelsey in the last round to be honest with you but Kittle here is not a shock um that is not a surprise Lamar Jackson goes right after that so We've now seen two quarterbacks off the board so far, and that's not too big of a shock. Now, uh, I might have considered taking a wide receiver with that last pick. Seeing that Todd Gurley and James Conner and David Johnson are still available, I might want to – I uh, could have definitely considered one of those guys here in the fourth. I would not be upset with one of those guys as my potential flex in this league. Um, but David Johnson just goes, okay, so we're back on the turn here. He went double wide receiver in the first two rounds. We'll see what he does here. I would be shocked if he doesn't go maybe double running back. Um, we'll see. Maybe it's a Connor and a Gurley or a Gordon or maybe even Jonathan Taylor getting the rookie, but we'll see who he goes. So Kenny Galladay is the first pick, so a third wide receiver, and Juju Smith-Schuster as the Fourth pick, so four straight wide receivers. I think that might be a bit of a mistake. Um, like I mentioned before, the wide receivers are so deep in this year's class. Passing up on these running backs, oh, I don't like it too much. Um, we'll see how it pans out for them in the later rounds. I just don't know if running back is deep enough this year. Like You could definitely get punished with this if people start to load up on more running backs here in the next couple of rounds. So Allen Robinson went right after that. Uh, James Conner is the next pick. Now, this next owner, I would not be surprised if it's a wide receiver here. He might go three running backs and just lock up that position as well with the tight end, but uh, we'll see who he goes. And with my next pick, while well, he's kind of thinking it over, I'm looking at two guys here. I'm looking at Robert Woods and Odell Beckham Jr. I really like both of these guys. If I could have them as my one, I might try and pass on Odell, though, just because, like I said, I've been getting him in the fifth a lot lately, and he might make it back to me with my next pick. So DJ Moore was the pick, and 
what is this next pick going to be? I don't think I want to go Ertz yet with my next pick. I think it's still too early for the tight end position. Um, maybe if I can get Ertz in the next round too instead of Odell, I'd be super happy the way that this draft is kind of turning out. So Odell was the pick here. That leaves me with my number one guy left on my draft board, which is Robert Woods. And I'm a big fan of Robert Woods in 2020. I think that Robert Woods is actually going to be the number one option for the Rams this year. I know Cooper Cup is uh, someone that's very popular, and he's very good. He's like the 1A to the 1B, whichever one you want to say is the A and the B. But I think Robert Woods is the A. He's going to be getting more of the touchdowns over Cooper Cup, but we'll see how that kind of shakes out this year. The one thing is that's interesting is that uh, they are working on an extension for uh, Cooper Cup right now. That's the news report that I saw earlier today with uh, the Rams superstar mentality. The one thing I'm a little worried about is in 2021, Robert Woods, I think, counts a, uh, about $10 million against the cap. And he's only like a $1.5 million dead cap hit. And with how the Rams are kind of running into salary cap issues, I would not be shocked if Robert Woods is a cap casualty next year where they try and move on from him just to save some money. So that said, I think he'll actually be utilized a little bit more in 2020 so that they can get their money's worth while they still have him. So after Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton went and Mark Andrews, uh, I think it's a little early for Mark Andrews in a full PPR league. Still leaves Ertz, though. So if I can get Ertz on my next pick, Todd Gurley just went. Now, with my next pick, I'm definitely leaning Ertz. I've said that multiple times here. But DJ Chark and AJ Brown, um, Cooper Cup is someone. I don't really want both of the Rams wide receivers here, so I might pass on him. But... A.J. Brown and D.J. Chark. A.J. Brown is the one that I think is falling a little bit lower in drafts. Uh, D.J. Chark is the one that is a little bit sexier of a name right now. So if I can get D.J. Chark with this next pick or Zach Ertz, we'll see how that kind of goes. So on the turn, uh, man, there goes Ertz. <laughs> I was really hoping he would make it back to me, but that's how it goes in these drafts. You never know. Uh, I thought he'd definitely make it back to me, but Calvin Ridley and Zach Ertz are the picks on the turn. Man, this guy's sniping me with the Drake and the Ertz. This is crazy. Um, Melvin Gordon right after Ertz. Now, this is a pretty running back heavy roster so far with Barkley, Chubb, Gurley, and Gordon. Um, I'm a little surprised to see that, especially from this owner, but knowing knowing how knowing how this guy usually drafts in years past so maybe he's trying to overcome that in 2020 uh Jonathan Taylor's the pick now I don't want to lean quarterback just yet uh I know that I talked about getting an edge at one of those positions Zach Ertz was kind of the last guy I thought would give me an edge at the tight end um I'm not a big Darren Waller fan this year. I think that his target numbers are going to come drastically down. So I don't actually think that he's going to give me an edge. So I'm definitely not looking Waller here. I'm going to try and punt the tight end position a few rounds and just see who I can get a little bit later. Because uh, I don't think anybody's going to give me an edge in this 10-team league anymore. And quarterback, there's still a few guys. So Deshaun Watson just went. That's a weird pick with Mahomes already on his roster. 
that's not recommended. Um, I don't know if that's the, the old trade bait uh, candidate, but like I said, this is one of my home leagues, so you always get these wacky picks where people try crazy strategies who aren't tuned into podcasts like this one or uh, the fantasy footballers or something like that in the offseason. So uh, doubling up on quarterback here is not recommended. So that puts me on the clock. Um, running back, there's nobody here that I'm really that thrilled with. We got like Gibson, Singletary, Akers, uh, Hunt, Fournette, Lev Bell. He's not a super sexy name right now with the Adam Gase news. DJ Chark and AJ Brown are definitely the top on my list in terms of wide receiver and then tight end. I just don't think there's an advantage quarterback uh, with Murray and Prescott still being still being available. Hopefully I can get one of those guys in the coming rounds. We'll see how that kind of goes here, but I would love to get either Prescott or Murray to give me an advantage. Wilson's another guy that's a little bit lower. So I'm going to lean DJ Chark to pair with Robert Woods. I think DJ Chark, we saw, is going to be a stud this year. Uh, him and Gardner Minshew just have such a good synergy together already, and they're just going to build on it in year two. This not being dynasty, so I don't really have to care about the future, whether or not Minshew's there next year. So Minshew's just going to go out there, and he's going to ball out to the best of his abilities in 2020. So I really like DJ Chark this year. And, of course, A.J. Brown goes right after that. Dang, I was really hoping. I mean, Cooper Cup's still available. I really want to avoid both wide receivers. Tyler Lockett's somebody that I could really look at here. Um, Terry McLaurin and Keenan Allen are also available uh, so there's a few guys here with my next pick. We'll see what running backs make it back to me. I don't know if I want a fourth running back this early. I might consider quarterback, but it still seems a little early in the six. So left bell goes, and that is the third running back for this team. Cooper Cup goes after that. Now, and we're getting to the turn here. I would be shocked if the owner that had four wide receivers didn't have uh, two running backs by the end of this turn. We'll see how that kind of goes. So Kareem Hunt is the next pick, and now we're on the turn. So one thing I like to do at this point is not only when I'm in the draft, I don't like to just look at the best player available. I also like to kind of you can probably tell by now, anticipate who's going to be available in a couple rounds. Now, I was really thinking that Ertz would fall a little bit further. He almost made it back to me in the fifth round, but I was talking about Ertz in the fifth in round two, in round three. So, you know, that's one thing that really helps to lay out your draft a little bit more to anticipate who you're going to be taking, not right now, but who you think is going to be available in two rounds from now, three rounds from now. So that'll help you kind of determine if you need to make a jump on one of these guys or if you need to uh, reach on somebody now or if you can push them off till later. So back-to-back -back running backs here on the turn, uh, Devin Singletary and Cam Akers are the picks. Now, Tyler Lockett went right after that. I was really liking Lockett. I think that Lockett and Russell Wilson are going to have a really good year this year. Uh, that leaves me Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, and Terry McLaurin. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Cooper Cup's already off the board. So that leaves me Keenan Allen and Terry McLaurin as my top wide receiver options. Running back, uh, Fournette just went. There's really nobody super interesting 
maybe Antonio Gibson, uh, Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert. Uh, this tier of guys is pretty deep, in my opinion. I might wait another round and just kind of lock up my third wide receiver here. Again, tight end, nobody really entices me. And quarterback is a consideration here. I really think that I can push it off one more round potentially and get one in the seventh. So Keenan Allen just went and T.Y. Hilton. So I'm on the clock here. Terry McLaurin is the last guy that's the top of my tier right here. So I'm really going to look at McLaurin and I'm going to take him here. I really think I can push quarterback one more round. I don't see any reason to jump on Murray or Prescott. One of those guys will most likely make it back to me. So we'll see how that kind of goes. But uh, I really doubt the next guy is going to take another quarterback. So um, again, tight end, I'm punting a little bit later here. So Karrion Johnson was the next pick. Now we're waiting for this owner, but uh, yeah, this is where one point in the draft where I'm just looking at my team and I'm looking at my three running backs and three wide receivers and uh, dang it, Kyler Murray just went. So well, I might be looking at Dak Prescott with my next pick. So I'm looking at my team, and I really like the way that my roster's laid out so far with my starters and my flex, and even a little bit of my depth now because I have a bench player at this point. With my three running backs, I think they're pretty balanced between Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire in a full PPR. Robert Wood should be a pretty high-target number guy week to week, and DJ Chark is someone who saw quite a few targets and quite a few yards last year with Gardner Minshew. And then Terry McLaurin is the only option in Washington right now. So I'm really liking the way that this is kind of playing out right here. So after Kyler Murray, Michael Gallup went and Jarvis Landry. We'll see who he finishes up on the turn with. And it's Dak Prescott. Dang it, are you serious? Oh, man. All right, Russell Wilson is probably the top guy left on my board. Um, I'm definitely grabbing him here if he makes it back to me. That is the last guy I put in this draft that would give me an edge at quarterback. Um, he is the one that I think could potentially finish quarterback number one overall, just if they do let Russell Wilson cook here. So Darren Waller followed by Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, it's a little early on him. Um, I like the talent in a full PPR. He was kind of secretly targeted quite heavily by Kyler Murray, and he's pairing it with Murray. So that's a nice little one-two stack there. But he probably could have waited another round, maybe two on Christian Kirk. That seems like a little bit of a reach. Uh, Darren Waller off the board, like I said, I didn't want him, so I'm glad to let somebody else have him. Evan Ingram, so we're back on the clock. Russell Wilson made it back. I'm happy about that. I would have liked to see Evan Ingram maybe in a couple rounds here. Uh, but, yeah, it seems like a lot of people are locking up their tight ends here. Um, we got Russell Wilson, so I'm pretty happy about that. Like I said, he's the last guy who I think can give me a clear advantage week to week at the quarterback position if they let Russell Wilson throw the ball a little bit more in 2020. So I think that I'm happy with that. I would have preferred Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray a little bit more. I think that they have an easier path to that quarterback number one overall. But I think Russell Wilson was, like I said, the last guy who could legitimately easily get quarterback number one. So after Wilson, 
Brady is off the clock, or Brady is off the board, sorry. Uh, Stephon Diggs right after that, and DK Metcalf. Now we're getting back close to the turn again. And what I'm really looking for now, since I've filled my starters and my flex and my quarterback with all of my guys that I'm drafting now are going straight towards the bench. Um, a couple of the running backs that are still available are very, very interesting here. We got Mark Ingram. I'd like to not lean on Mark Ingram if I can avoid it. He's not terrible as a fourth option, I guess, for my team. Uh, I think I'd prefer Antonio Gibson or David Montgomery. But So Tyler Higbee was the pick here. Now we are on the turn. Uh, he, this is the owner who went four straight wide receivers and then double running back. So we'll see what he does here. Gibson and Mostert were the two picks. Okay, so that's pretty interesting. Um, I was hoping Gibson would make it back to me. He was the one I was most interested here. Mostert, uh, he's tough to judge here in 2020. We'll see how that kind of goes. I'm not too thrilled about him, but he does have a pretty easy path to running back one numbers if he can repeat on last year's success. So David Montgomery and Mark Ingram are two guys that I really like here for the running back position. Uh, the wide receivers are just so deep here that I just I don't know if I really want to go on one of them um, because there's just so many guys here. You got Brandon Cooks, you got uh, Hollywood Brown, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, someone who's sleeping, Marvin Jones. Oh man, there's just so many guys here. I think I might pass on wide receiver since I just loaded up on three of these guys and really target one of these two running backs if they make it. So Breeze was the pick after Mostert. Hunter Henry followed him up. Now, Okay, so this owner went A.J. Green. This is, again, the guy that I talk to all the time. I'm not surprised by this. He's a big A.J. Green fan. I keep warning him about him, but he keeps taking him, so <laughs> all the power to him. Um, Hunter Henry going off here is a little surprising. He's somebody that has been a pretty big value lately. Um, man, that's interesting because, yeah, Hunter Henry off the board, Hayden Hurst in – Jared Cook are the two guys that I think are left on the board right now that really would give me an advantage. Um, I don't know. I, uh, there's also, okay, I guess there's also Mike Gusecki as well. Uh, I could definitely wait another round on tight end. There's so many guys left. I'm not too worried about that. So um, A.J. Green followed by David Montgomery, of course. Now, that leaves me Mark Ingram here. Like I said, with my fourth running back, that's not a terrible pick here. Um, I think I'm going to take him. Like I said, the wide receivers are just so deep, and we haven't seen any of them come off that I'm interested in yet. So there goes Mark Ingram. Now, the next pick, I might really lean Hayden Hurst here just to lock him up. He's kind of the best available left on my my board here. Um, I really like the opportunity with Atlanta. We'll see if he makes it back to me, but Debo is also someone that I'm really liking. He's fallen pretty far. Uh, Devontae Parker and Hollywood Brown are also very good. Hollywood Brown is someone I think I might try, actually, over Hayden Hurst. Like I said, I still got Jared Cook and Mike Gusecki. Um, So if I don't get Hayden Hurst, I'm not too worried about it. But Hollywood Brown, I think being the 
last option that's a true wide receiver one here with no injury concerns in my my opinion um he really bulked up this offseason so marlon mack was followed by james white and brandon cooks interesting over will fuller will fuller's another guy uh, you can't count on him for more than three or four games but every time he he's on the field man it's just so good so I might think about Will Fuller here as well. Um, DeAndre Swift and Tyler Boyd on the turn, followed by Devontae Parker. Okay, so we are seeing some of these wide receivers start to fall off the board. Again, Debo, Hollywood, and Fuller are all very interesting. And then my running back, none of them are too interesting here. Um Philip Lindsay's still available. He's like kind of the last guy that I'd be super interested in if he if he were available, but he might fall a little bit later, and I don't mind letting him fall to see where he kind of ends up. Um, quarterback, I'm I'm good. I'm not taking another quarterback this draft, so I won't really talk about them too much more. Tight end. Okay, so Will Fuller was followed by Hollywood Brown. That's both of the guys that I really liked. Maybe Debo will make it back to me. I'm going to take a risk here and see if Debo will fall to me in the next round with the injury maybe people will kind of uh, fade him a little bit more in this league because like I said this is a home league so a lot of people aren't really paying a ton of attention in the offseason so I'm going to take Hayden Hurst here he's the top guy left at the tight end position on my board he has clear tight end top five potential in 2020 um, it really gives me a little bit of a boost uh, it makes me not have to worry too much but I'll probably try and grab another guy later in the draft there's a couple guys that I like that are falling pretty far so followed by Josh Allen so that's a, another quarterback for this gentleman as well not a big fan of going two quarterbacks that early again it's just kind of a waste in a 10-team league because you're really kind of sacrificing too much depth at this point. There's going to be a lot of guys on the waiver wire after this draft is over. Uh, so I'm not too thrilled with that pick right there. And, of course, Debo goes right there. Man, he knows how much I love Debo. So this is probably a spite pick just to stop him from stop me from getting him on the way back. So there's still quite a few wide receivers that I'm really looking at here. Um, with four running backs and my tight end and quarterback filled now, I have three starting wide receivers that I really like. Um, with it being full PPR, there's still plenty of guys available here, though. Uh, Marvin Jones is the next pick after that. Jameson Crowder, dang, I was really hoping Crowder would make it back to me. He has a lot of upside here, um, especially in a full PPR. If you listen to my love of Jameson Crowder, he has legitimate wide receiver one, albeit very, very low wide receiver one, uh, ceiling in 2020 just because of the sheer number of targets he might be seeing here on the turn though I would not be shocked if we see a quarterback and a tight end he might let tight end fall a little bit further but I'd be shocked if that's the case because this guy knows how people start to double up on tight ends in this league and it's a pretty big risk to punt your tight end even further it's pretty crazy in this league how people value these quarterbacks and these tight ends so yep we do see Matt Ryan and Jared Cook I'm a little I was wondering if you'd take uh the tight end here but I knew he was going to go quarterback just because so many people have gone quarterback so far so 
Philip Lindsay follows up Jared Cook. That's an interesting pick. I was kind of interested in him if he would have made it back, but I really think I'm going to be leaning wide receiver here with my next pick. Now, Carson Wentz off the board here, another double quarterback. Uh, just I'm not a fan of this. If you're going up in your leagues here, I do not recommend this, but you're free to do whatever you please. Um, J.K. Dobbins follows him up. That's a little early on Dobbins. I was really hoping to get Dobbins a little bit later potentially to pair with Mark Ingram here um, just to have a guaranteed handcuff for it. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, a second tight end. That's not a good call um, in my opinion, but uh, all right. So we're on the clock here. Wide receivers that are available, with this being full PPR, I'm not looking too much at Deontay Johnson. Uh, Julian Edelman, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard are all very, very interesting here. Um, there's some guys like Paris Campbell I think I can get a little bit later. I'm going to kind of punt on Paris Campbell. I really like him in a full PPR. Of these three guys, Tate and Shepard... I think that Shepard is the guy I'd rather have in the Giants for 2020. Um, he showed a pretty good connection with Daniel Jones last year. So I think I'm going to go Sterling Shepard as just a solid depth piece. Um, he's also someone that I can potentially cut if he doesn't end up paying an out early in this year. So not too worried about that. Uh, Tariq Cohen goes right after that. And followed by Noah Fant. That's an interesting pick. Um, again, a double tight end. Like I said, with the, the owner on the on the turn, it was definitely a risk to start letting these tight ends fall because people just seem to love to double up on quarterbacks and tight ends early in these drafts. I'm not a fan of it. Matt Stafford goes right after that. So that's not a double up. That's his first quarterback. But, yeah, you can just see how – People very highly focus on the one-off positions and getting depth at positions that don't matter. So while we're on the turn here, looking at my next pick, I'm really kind of looking towards maybe a running back here with my next pick. Uh, the options aren't great. Um, Moss is one that I'm very interested in. Sony is kind of interesting, uh, especially with the Damian Harris news. Uh, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison both being here. Latavius Murray as well. When I was talking about the uh, when I was talking about Clyde Edwards-Helaire earlier, that's the biggest thing here. And Deontay Johnson and, and Zach Moss were the picks there, so there goes Moss. Michelle is still available. Pollard here and Madison. But what I was talking about with the running backs when I was look, talking through Dalvin Cook or Clyde. That was the biggest thing for me. When I took, if I were to take Cook, I would have feel, I would have felt obligated to take someone like Alexander Madison. And the problem with Alexander Madison is, unless Dalvin Cook is injured, he has no value. Now, the big guys, Christian McCaffrey, um, Barkley, uh, even Kamara, if one of those guys were to go down, or Clyde Edwards-Alaire, right? Those are are four super workhorses, even Zeke Elliott, right? So if Christian McCaffrey goes down, his backup, I am not interested at all. He has no interest in him at all, right? I don't even remember who McCaffrey's backup is. I don't know if they have one officially signed yet. Uh, with Barkley, Saquon Barkley, same thing. 
his backup is not going to be able to even come close to what he would produce if he were um, if he were out of his lineup, right? Kamara, Latavius Murray is not going to be able to replicate the same numbers, RB1 overall numbers, as Alvin Kamara. So Murray's not someone that I'm super interested in as a handcuff. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, same thing with him. His handcuff, I'm not super thrilled with, right? We saw in 2019 that they really struggled a little bit when Damian Williams wasn't on the field. So I'm not too thrilled in any of those guys' backups, but Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott might have the number one and number two handcuff guys. But the problem with Madison is he just doesn't have any any value if Dalvin Cook is playing. But Tony Pollard might actually have value if he, if Zeke is on the field because they might kind of use these guys as a one-two punch because Tony Pollard is extremely talented. We saw that a lot. So after the Zach Moss pick, just to bring you guys up to speed, Deshaun Jackson went. That's a little early on him, in my opinion. He's someone who I'm out on completely, the injury risk with him. Uh, uh, Nicole Hardman was the next pick, and Sony Michelle. So we are now on the clock. And like I was talking about, Tony Pollard is the only one here that I think could potentially have one top five numbers if the starter goes down, but also potentially have value just as a flex position, even with Zeke in. Now, that's not a popular opinion, but I think I'm going to lean Tony Pollard here. Uh, the wide receivers, I'm not too thrilled with here. The the tier guys, I mean, we got the a bunch of rookies uh, with CeeDee Lamb, you know, Jerry Judy. You got Edelman still available, Justin Jefferson, Tate. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm not really liking. Sammy Watkins is still available. It's just not a great tier of wide receivers, and I already have four of them. Um, I can definitely go running back here and just try and lock that position down. With it being 16 total spaces, I'm not going another quarterback. I'm only going to have one tight end, maybe two tight ends, a kicker, and a defense. That leaves me 12 spaces, maybe 11 spaces for the remaining guys on my roster. I would really like to have at least five running backs, maybe six running backs, and five or six wide receivers here. So, yep, I'm definitely going to take a shot here on Tony Pollard. Um, we'll see how this plays out. I, he's just kind of the last guy, in my opinion, that has potential usage, um, and he's definitely a trade candidate down the road to the Zeke owner should anything happen. So that's something that I'm just kind of looking at here now. Okay, Justin Jefferson, uh, not a shock here. Like I said, this owner is the big Minnesota fan, so just taking the rookie here. Um, followed by Latavius Murray. It looks like people are starting to get those handcuffs. And Julian Edelman. And with my next pick, one of those things that I said earlier about getting an edge, I'm actually going to be looking, I think, maybe at the kickers here. Now, none of the kickers have gone off the board, and... One thing that I really hate when it comes to redraft leagues is playing the uh, the waiver game, right, of just, you know, streaming these guys. It sucks when you have to stream a tight end. It sucks when you have to stream a quarterback, a defense. You have to stream a defense regardless, no matter what, week to week, just because it's so matchup dependent. But kicker is one of those things where 
it's not fun if you don't have a good kicker. Um, I want, I really prefer a kicker who is locked and loaded and is on a good offense, but not the number one offense. And that's because I want them kicking actual field goals, right? I want them on a good team and I want them to be very accurate. And the guy I'm looking at here is Justin Tucker, if he makes it back to me. And I know that round 12 is early, but like I said, with this being 10 team, there's going to be tons of guys on the waivers after this is over. I can definitely make bank with a lot of guys later on. But if I can get a kicker edge in this league with Justin Tucker, and the reason why I want Justin Tucker over someone like Harrison Bucker with the Chiefs is because I think that the Chiefs are going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns, and Justin Tucker and the Ravens, their defense is very, very good. So they're going to have very... They're going to have a lot of opportunities in uh, on the offensive side of the ball, right? So with the Ravens having the ball so much more often, the Chiefs would um, – they're going to just be scoring more touchdowns in my opinion. So I want Justin Tucker because I don't think that they're going to be scoring as many touchdowns on the Baltimore Ravens as they were last year, but they're going to have just as many opportunities in the red zone as last year. So – that just means more and up more kicks and opportunities for Tucker versus someone like Bucker. So um, after Murray, we saw Julian Edelman finally went off the board. Golden Tate, um, Aaron Rodgers, and Austin Hooper doubling up on quarterback and tight end here. Not a big fan of that, but like I said, this league people love to get those handicaps at the one-off positions. That's also why I really wanted an edge at quarterback and tight end. I didn't get the tight end edge, but um, the quarterback thing is, like I said, with the, the streaming option, it just sucks if you have to play that game because a lot of these home leagues, people go two, three tight ends, two, three quarterbacks, and it's just nobody left at that one-off position that you really want to play week to week, and it just sucks. So, that's why I really wanted to get one of those guys if I could. After Hooper, it was Mike Gusecki, um, TJ Hawkinson, and then Jonu Smith. So four straight tight ends here. Like I said, people just doubling up on these one-off positions. I'm actually just fine with rocking Hayden Hurst because the guys that I'm looking at here soon are Chris Herndon and Eric Ebron. And, okay, so the 49ers defense was the first defense off the board. Um, looks like I'm not the only one looking to get an edge at some of these lower positions. I'm going to take Justin Tucker here. All the reasons I just laid out, I think that he's going to help me to not have to worry about the streaming game week to week. I get to save my fab money for another position like my wide receivers or my running backs. Um, so I'm just going to lock up Justin Tucker. The tight ends, I think that with so many people having two tight ends at this point, there's only, what, one, two, three other teams that only have one tight end still. So um, uh, I'm not too worried about it. And it looks like I did start a kicker run. Bucker just went off and Matt Prater with the Lions. Um but yeah, the tight ends, I think that I, I can just let some of these guys fall a little bit further and I can get one. There's three guys that I'm still interested in. So um, Jack Doyle, uh, like I said, Chris Herndon and Eric Ebron. And with only three teams not having two tight ends at this point, I think I have a pretty good chance of getting one of them later if I want to. Um, 
Now, the Steelers defense and the Bills defense both went off the board. We started a defense and a kicker run here in the 12th round. We're going to see a lot of these guys kind of go, but there's only four rounds left. So I'm really going to try and, you know, shore up my wide receivers and tight ends here. I'm probably going to wait till my last pick for a defense. There's just a ton of defenses available still, um, so I'm not too worried about it. So I'm just going to kind of focus on the wide receivers here. Um, so Jordan Howard was the follow-up to that last pick. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was the next pick. Um, there's still a lot of wide receivers available here. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders just went, and now we're waiting. I'm one away from making my pick here. And so the Ravens defense. Okay, so I'm not too worried about this. Like I said, I'm going to let the defense kind of fall till the last pick if I can. I have no problem with that. So wide receivers here, I am going – I'm not looking at someone like Darius Slayton. I don't really like – C.D. Lamb this year. I don't really want to rely on Lamb. Um, people are excited for him. Jerry Judy, same thing. Um, Preston Williams is kind of interesting here. Pittman, Campbell, Lazard. There's a lot of guys still available. But the one guy I'm going to lock up, and the reason why I'm going to take this guy is because I think Team 7 is aware of this guy, and he might try and snag him from me. So I really want to lock him up now instead of uh, letting him fall. So I'm going to take Brian Edwards here, and I'm planting my flag on Brian Edwards. I love this kid's talent. I love his opportunity. I really think that he's going to be a workhorse wide receiver early in this year. I think he's so talented that we're going to see a lot from him in 2020. I want to plant my flag early, and uh, I think that he's going to be the number one wide receiver on the Rams, or on the, sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders, not the Rams, at the end of the year. And I really want to, like I said, plant my flag on Brian Edwards. I love the talent, and I am super happy getting him in the 13th round. I know sometimes you can get him with your last pick, but I don't want to trust Team 7. So uh, Gold went off the kicker, and Chase Edmonds was the follow-up to that. So I don't know if he was actually planning on Edwards or if he was going to go running back the whole time, but that's not something that I wanted to risk here. Now with my next pick, so C.D. Lamb was the pick that just followed that up. Okay, um, that's fine. Now, I only have three picks left. One of them is going to be a defense. When it comes to these, I know a lot of people say don't draft a kicker, don't draft defense, just fill more wide receivers and running backs and, and flex and things like that. But when I'm in a draft, I typically like to follow the rules of the draft. Um, I don't like to be the only one that breaks the rules of not drafting a full starting lineup. Um if I were to do that, uh, a couple guys I could look at with my last couple picks here are Damian Harris uh, that I could throw on my IR week one, um, even Jalen Rager, someone I could put on the IR. Um, it seems like he's getting back to full health, though, so maybe not. Uh, he's maybe not somebody that I can rely on. But um, after Lamb, the Colts defense, Darius Slayton and Jerry Judy here. Uh, we're waiting on the next couple picks, but... One guy that I see is still available is Matt Breida, 
And I did not expect him to fall this far, to be honest with you. And Matt Breida might actually be the running back one for the Miami Dolphins this year. Um, Howard just went in the 13th round. Matt Breida is still being available. It lets me get a sixth running back. Um, I guess maybe I wouldn't have taken the Pollard pick if I had known he would have been available here with my next pick. We'll, we'll see if he makes it to me. So the Greg Zerline, uh, the Bears, Cam Newton. Um, we'll see. I'm one away. And Tevin Coleman was the pick right in front of me. So Matt Breed is still being available. Oh, man. Paris Campbell is the one guy I would like to get here. He would let me get my last wide receiver that I'm looking for. There's still the two tight ends, but if I'm really thinking that if I don't take one of these two tight ends, one of them will probably land on the waiver wire that I could pick up after week one if I really need to. Um, only there, There's three guys, and only th- four other teams need a second tight end. So, um Yeah, I think I might pass on tight end here and just kind of go with Matt Breida. I really like the Matt Breida in round 14 value that I'm getting right here. That seems just too good to pass up. So um, following Matt Breida, we had Jared Goff go. And, man, that just seems too good. So that leads me to my what am I going to do with my last pick? If I'm going to be taking a defense with my my 16th pick, the last pick in the draft, do I want to go wide receiver here with this next pick or tight end? Uh, it's a tough choice. Um, wide receiver, if Paris Campbell makes it back to me, I might go Paris Campbell. Uh, he's pretty good. I, I really like Paris Campbell. I think he's going to be a better T.Y. Hilton for this team. He's a bigger, better, stronger uh, T.Y. Hilton. Um, hopefully that he can replace him. In Dynasty, I really like Paris Campbell's upside. In 2020, with T.Y. still on the field, it makes it a little bit interesting. Uh, Michael Pittman is the guy that is probably going to be out on the field and two wide receiver sets a little bit more. So the Patriots defense, Preston Williams away. He was another guy I was kind of looking at here with my next pick. Um, and then Daniel Jones, Now, we'll see who makes it back to me, but I'm really liking Campbell over Pittman. Maybe Pittman. I really like one of those two, or the tight ends that I talked about. Doyle, Ebron, and Herndon are the guys that I really like here. But um, So Paris Campbell was the pick. Man, team number one has been sniping me all draft. It feels like this is killing me. Um, But, yeah, maybe Pittman then is the number one guy. I'm looking at here uh, the Vikings defense. Now we'll see who goes here. And, of course, he takes Pittman. you got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> it feels like these guys are listening to this, the podcast already and it hasn't, come out, hasn't even come out yet. So um, that's just something that oh, that that stinks. I haven't gotten sniped too many times in this draft, it feels like. I've kind of gotten a lot of the guys that I really want to. Um which is surprising. I normally don't get all the guys that I want. I get sniped a lot, it feels like, in, in years past. Jack Doyle was the pick right before me, so we're on the clock here. Oh, I was really hoping Campbell or Pittman, man. Uh, who do I want to take? So the wide receivers are very thin, in my opinion. Sammy Watkins is somebody. Um, Alan Lazard. John Brown. Uh, 
Denzel Mims, yeah, I think I'm gonna. So the tight ends, we got Irv Smith, Eric Ebron, Chris Herndon. All of those guys are still available. Even Greg Olson, if if needed in a pinch. So if I don't take a tight end here, it's more than likely all three of those guys make it back to the waiver wire. So I'm gonna pass on tight end here, and I'm gonna take a wide receiver, and I'm gonna take Alan Lazard with this pick, and. I'm going to take Lazard just because I think that Lazard is the number two option in Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers used to be able to sustain a very clear wide receiver one and wide receiver two for this team. Um, I don't know if those days are still in the tank for him or if they're long gone, but Lazard has an opportunity here to be a wide receiver two in fantasy with a wide receiver two floor potentially and a wide receiver one potential ceiling even in 2020 if he is the guy with Aaron Rodgers. Now, Irv Smith was the pick right after Lazard, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Now, I'm going to get a defense. Like I said, I like to draft according to the rules. Will Lutz was the next pick here, so... I like just staying in the rules, and in terms of defenses available, um, the Saints I'm not too high on. What, the defense I'm looking at here is the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're a little lower on the list, but I really like the Bucks here in 2020. Their defense in 2019 was really, really good. Uh, Tannehill and the Saints, and Kymie Fairbarn, however you say his last name, <laughs> was the uh, was the pick there on the turn. So. That team is now finished. That's an interesting draft. We'll see how it works out for him. I'm not too thrilled about his his decision-making in this draft, going the uh, four wide receivers followed by four running backs and then the loading up on tight ends and, and quarterbacks here. Um, it seems pretty risky. I'm not too thrilled about having like Devin Singletary and Antonio Gibson or Cam Akers as my RB number one overall. Um and I don't think that he has that big of an advantage in the wide receiver position. Maybe he does. Alan, uh, or Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams are are pretty good. Um, that's a pretty solid one-two punch there. So maybe that'll be enough to to uh, get him over. Um, or sorry, not Michael Thomas. DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry, <laughs> he's on my brain. But uh, so John Brown was the pick here. Kirk Cousins, yeah, these picks are all going to be pretty pretty meaningless for the most part. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Alexander Madison is the pick here. Um, he fell pretty far to the 16th round. I am shocked. I didn't even realize he was still available. I, I'm kind of surprised somebody didn't grab him earlier, but that's a great pickup. This is the guy who owns Dalvin Cook, so he's getting an insurance policy there on Cook. And with his last pick, man, that's that's pretty good. I actually really like that. I'm pretty impressed by that. And um, so I'm going to go the Buccaneers defense. Like I said, I'm just going to stick to the rules. I can potentially drop the Bucks defense here tomorrow and get someone like Damian Harris to throw on my IR um, and kind of just juggle that. But we'll see how that kind of goes. But yeah, in terms of the draft, I just want to draft according to the rules <laughs> per se and um Eric Ebron is the pick after this and I okay I don't like to trash people's teams too much when they're going through this because not everybody's as tuned in all year round but this team is a joke <laughs> I 
He's got three quarterbacks, which is just ridiculous. Uh, he's got three, no, four tight ends, and oh, this is just disgusting. His running backs are atrocious. His wide receivers are thin as hell. I mean, half these guys are going to be on the waiver in two weeks just because he can't hold on to them because he has nobody else to start. Oh, man, this is, yeah. Every draft has one of these guys, and hopefully you got to take advantage of them in yours. Um, Phillip Rivers after Ebron. Some of these teams are looking pretty powerful right now. Um, some of them are pretty well-rounded, but, yeah, Team 4 is not looking too hot here. Um, there's some interesting strategies here going on this year in this draft. And then, okay, so Boswell and Blankenship, um, two kickers to round out the 16th round. So that is my lineup. Let me know what you guys think of it. I think I did pretty good with this team. Um, I'm really liking the way it looks so far in terms of uh, high-end talent at the running back position with Clyde, Jacobs, and Jones. I think it gives me a pretty strong three-headed monster at the running back position. And then I even have uh, Mark Ingram behind them, Matt Burita potentially if he is the starter, and Tony Pollard. Uh, looking back on it, I probably wouldn't have gone with the Pollard pick at that point just because there was the Breida pick later, um, and I could have potentially gotten Madison later as well. The Pollard pick, it, it feels a little bit out of place in this draft. Um, that's kind of how you get in that, that mindset during the, during, during the draft, I guess. I, I thought it was a good pick at the time, but looking back, maybe I could have taken someone else. Maybe like a Julian Edelman would have been a good pick there, but, um, or even getting another wide receiver, like a, like a lamb or a Judy or something, but um, I probably would have ended up just probably taking Brian Edwards still anyway. But um, yeah, the, the there's a couple teams here with my running backs. Like I said, the top three, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Josh Jacobs, uh, Aaron Jones, pretty solid trio of guys here. Solid depth behind them with Breida Pollard and Ingram. My wide receivers, I think, are a little bit weaker than I'd like to see. Uh, maybe they're a little thinner than I'd like to see, but uh, you can always get some of these guys off the waiver wire early in the season. So uh, Pollard is somebody that I could potentially cut or Lazard if they don't show me anything early on. And that's perfectly fine by me having a couple cut candidates early on and cut bait for my team. Uh, my quarterback, Russell Wilson, I think is locked and loaded. My tight end, I'm a little thin afraid of with Hayden Hurst if he doesn't end up being the guy but like I said earlier uh, there's a lot of guys still on the waiver wire if I need to stream a guy for a pinch there's still Chris Herndon out there uh, he's someone that's very very interesting with Sam Darnold um, we still have even uh, Greg Olson in a one-week kind of pairing with Russell Wilson just given Russell Wilson's love of the tight end position and um yeah there's there's just plenty of guys there I think that could potentially make an impact at tight end and yeah I'm just with my kicker I like I said I know it was early for a kicker and a lot of these industry guys they won't take a kicker that early but like I said it it sucks playing the streaming game anybody out there who's been in leagues year in and year out you know what I'm talking about it just feels so bad um, to 
yeah, to go through these these streams and oh, it just sucks. Like I hate it because if I can just lock up one of those positions and just focus since I'm in so many leagues, if I can just focus on what I need from the wide receiver or the running back uh, week to week or potentially like a tight end streamer option, I'm so much happier and I just feel so much more at ease. So I don't mind air quote reaching on a kicker a little bit more. Like I said, this is a home league. So I know that I'm going to be able to attack the waiver wires pretty heavily once the league actually starts. So um, I'm not too concerned about that. You know, people are going to start dropping people as as they get one or two week injuries. And you can always find gems on the waivers early in the season. So um, I don't mind taking Tucker just to lock up that position. The Buccaneers defense, I think, is going to be pretty solid here in 2020 uh you're not going to have Jameis winston throwing 30 picks this year that they're going to be on the field and gassed constantly every single game so um at least tom brady you know is going to control the ball so he's not going to turn it over a ton which will help this defense and they looked good last year when they weren't super gassed by all the turnovers so um I just think that they're going to be able to take a step forward here in 2020 and just be a serviceable defense. If they're not, I have no problem dropping them. So it's a defense. I don't really care. So um, not too worried about it, not getting one of those top top defense options. But, um, yeah, let me know what you guys think of this team. I'm, I'm really happy with it, actually. Like I said, normally it feels like I get sniped a lot more in these. Maybe uh, the remote drafting really gave me an edge this year. And um, one thing that I, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you guys, like in the past, I've always been a little bit of a weaker drafter when it comes to these. And I have really kind of tried to turn that around. And like I said, with the draft, draft, draft episode, a couple, one of the first episodes that I did, it's uh, it takes a lot of practice and talking through like I've been doing with you guys on what I'm seeing, what I'm targeting, what I'm kind of anticipating with my upcoming picks. It's taken a lot of practice for me to get better. And like I said, I really like this draft. This I might look like a fool here in three weeks after half of them are on IR or something like that. But here, day one, I am pretty solid all around my roster there's not too many weaknesses that are just straight out weaknesses on this team maybe having uh dj chark and robert woods putting a lot of faith in in those guys and even terry mclaurin maybe that's what ultimately does it does it in for me but um i just think that they're safer than in years past so and the the trio of running backs at the top Mark Ingram even, I could potentially trade him for a wide receiver or Tony Pollard if need be. So I have some potential trade candidates on this roster. I just really like the way that this turned out. And like I said, it just took a lot of practice to get to this point where I can be happy with a draft like this. So let me know what your guys' thoughts are over on Twitter. Uh, remember, I got a new handle, TDC underscore Calvin. And that is because I'm no longer with DFF. And real quick, just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Dynasty Football Factory. They are a great company. Um, They are not really in the podcast game. They're more of the written articles. They gave me a shot at, and they're really what got me into the fantasy industry. And they gave me a shot, and I was not going to lie to you guys, uh, 
sensor warning, but I was a straight up shit writer. I was terrible. I was no good at it. Uh, it's not natural for me. Talking to you guys through the podcast is a lot more natural for me, but um, they gave me a shot regardless, even though I don't really have a lot of experience with it. I only wrote like three or four or five articles with them, um, but that's when I started doing the podcasting and I just loved it so much more. So I knew that this day was going to come that I wasn't going to be with them anymore, but um, they stuck with me and, and gave me all the opportunities that I could need. And I really just want to, like I said, give a shout out to those guys. A lot of respect for them. They are some of the best minds in the dynasty space. You got the IDP. If you're in those kind of leagues, they can help you with those. Devi drafts, you know, um, with regular dynasty, hopefully you guys are coming to me instead of going to them. But, um, if you're looking for other opinions, like I said, some of the best minds here in the dynasty space. So really just wanted to give a shout out to them. Appreciate all those guys over there. So, um, just, yeah, really appreciate everything they've done for me and, and just, yeah, really appreciative. So, uh, that's how I'm going to kind of wrap up this podcast. Like I said, let me know what you think of this draft over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin on the Facebook page, Dynasty After Dark Facebook page. And if you have any questions here coming up into week one, uh, by the time you guys are seeing this, I'm going to try and get this out before or during the uh, the um, week one kickoff, Thursday night kickoff with the Chiefs and the Texans. But uh, like I said, I'm really trying to get this on YouTube. So I might get the podcast out early and just try and get the YouTube out before uh, Sunday and try and get it out maybe Saturday or Friday even. So um, excited. Stay tuned to my Twitter to get any information on the YouTube channel. Once it's finalized, I will definitely be shooting that out to you guys. And I'm really going to be trying to get uh, videos out on YouTube regularly as well. Just another form for you guys to listen to. In addition to, like I said, Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Uh, there's a, f- a few others with um, that Anchor kind of uploads to that I don't really know too much about. But um, yeah, all these different sources. Just wanted to add another one with YouTube, but I don't know if I'll have too much actual visual content on YouTube. This one's going to be a little bit different because, like I said, you guys won't see this draft that I just went through, but you'll see the recreation on Sleeper of this draft. But um yeah, just let me know what you guys think. Uh, hit me up on those platforms. Give me any reviews that you can. Tell your friends about the podcast. Like I said, I'm truly appreciative of all the help that you guys give me in this space. So um, I, I, it means so much to me that you guys appreciate what I'm telling you guys and you come to me for advice. So I really appreciate it. I'm hoping you guys are having a good week this week. Good luck with your week one matchups. You know, it's finally here. Season is finally here. We'll see how long it'll last. You know, if it only makes it eight weeks before everything blows up because of coronavirus, uh, well, it was fun while it lasted. I'm going to enjoy every single second of it. So hopefully you guys do too. Good luck in your guys' leagues. Until next time, good night.